Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Gary Parish is that rare combination of massive talent and absolute gentleman. Great guy and great at his job. CBS Sports college basketball analyst extraordinaire and the host of Grind City Media in Memphis, the voice of Memphis, and he joins me now on the show. Mr. Parrish, good morning, buddy. How are you, Bill? It's good to talk to you. You do. I'm great, man. Uh, Gary, I've, uh, I'm a 45-year-old, so I've still got a ways to go on this dream, but I have a vision of my retirement. There's confetti in the air. My wife is crying. She's still with me. My kids are happy, right? Everything's beautiful. A little different for, 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 for Jim Beheim there at, at Syracuse. What did you make of the awkwardness and the presentation from Beheim of what appears now to be his uh, his goodbye? It, it was always going to go down that way. Um, you know, Jim, he was never going to gracefully exit or willingly exit with a smile on his face and a big celebration on campus. He had recently, as just a few weeks ago, said, I think 95% of Syracuse fans want me to keep coaching, and if I want to keep coaching, I will. He was pretty defiant in the middle of yet another disappointing season. And so everybody in the industry around college basketball knew at the age of 78, after finishing sixth or worst in the ACC for nine straight years, it was time to move on. The only question was whether he would actually do it, and if he wouldn't do it willingly – Um, if the school would nudge him out the door. And at this point, it appears that that is what happened. You know, Jim was very careful with his words yesterday, saying things like, you know, if they want to make a change, they can. I just hope we reach a full, uh, a a great agreement. What that sounded like to me is a man who knew he had probably coached his last game, but wanted to make sure he got every penny that was owed to him, if not more. And very quickly after the loss to Wake Forest in the ACC tournament yesterday, Syracuse announced that Jim Beheim will not return for a 48th season. And it was notable that in that press release that was posted on Twitter, there's not a single quote from Jim Beheim. So um, it was disappointing because I, like you, would like to envision it going down differently, given everything he's meant to that school and really that, that community. But knowing Jim, this was always the way it was going to go down. Uh, Gary, no, no guarantee in, in, in transitions, including coaching transitions, things are going to go swimmingly. Obviously, college basketball and its landscape is very different today than it was 47 years ago, than it was five years ago. What is your level of confidence that Syracuse can reclaim and maintain a level of, of basketball excellence post Bayheim? It's always difficult when you're talking about a place that is a quote-unquote one-coach school. In other words, um, at Kansas, you know, Larry Brown has won there. Roy Williams has won there. Bill Self has won there. You can feel you know, pretty reasonably uh, that, that you know, whoever the coach is at Kansas is going to have an opportunity 
to win at the highest level of the sport. North Carolina, another example of that. UCLA, I think another example of that. So Jim Beheim has been the coach at Syracuse since 1976. The man he replaced left Syracuse to be the head coach at Tulane. And that probably is the best way to contrast exactly what Jim took over and exactly what he built Syracuse into. The fact that it's unimaginable somebody would leave the Syracuse men's basketball job for the Tulane men's basketball job in the, in the year 2023. But once upon a time, that is something that happened. And then Jim built Syracuse into truly one of the national powers and kept it at the tip top of the sport, or at least near that, for, for more than 30 years. Now the question becomes, is, is that because Syracuse was always going to be that? Or was that simply because of Jim Beheim? Uh, reasonable people could disagree on that. I tend to think it'll be harder to get it back to what it was once, if for no other reason than conference affiliation. Syracuse was a great fit geographically and from a recruiting perspective when it was playing in the Big East. It doesn't quite pop the same way when you're telling recruits that you're going to play your your conference tournament in Greensboro, North Carolina, as opposed to Madison Square Garden in Midtown Manhattan. Uh, so, So we'll see. Either way, um, I do think they made the right hire here in, in, in hiring uh, Red Autry. Now, whether or not it, he will do a great job, I don't know, because the list of men who have been great assistants and seem perfect for jobs that didn't quite work out is, is pretty lengthy. But this is the right thing to do. It's, it's the most seamless thing to do. And as long as Syracuse is able to embrace what every other prominent school is needing to embrace now, which is, name, image, and likeness rights, and taking advantage of the one-time transfer waiver, then perhaps it can get back to a good place. But the truth is, despite some sprinkled-in NCAA tournament runs over the past decade, Syracuse basketball hasn't looked like what it once was for, for, a, for a pretty good while now. Gary Parrish here on the show. Gary, Chris Beard was not an up-and-coming coach. He was the coach of Texas and handsomely paid and well-respected. And then, obviously, there was the incident involving accusations of serious domestic violence. He was arrested. We've seen the mugshot. He lost that job. And then the question became, given the way that that legal situation turned, who would give him a chance again? Reporting out there, it will be Ole Miss. Does this seem like the next stop for Chris Beard? And if so, what's the... From someone who covers the sport every day, what's the right read on that decision? It does appear that it's headed that direction. My understanding is that Chris Beard is interested in being the next head coach at Ole Miss. Um, the athletic director at Ole Miss is is on board with it, and now ultimately it's it's left in the hands at the at the administration level. And as long as Ole Miss's administration um, gets to a place where it's comfortable with this, and Chris Beard is comfortable taking the Ole Miss job, then it does appear he will be the next head coach of that SEC men's basketball program. It it seemed likely that something like this was going to happen the moment the charges were dropped, if only because it will free up an athletic director to say this man was not ultimately even charged with the crime. Um, And they'll talk about believing in second chances, and they'll talk about he's already uh, paid a significant price by losing his dream job at the University of Texas. And then they'll cross their fingers and hope nothing like this ever happens again. But it is more complicated than I think some people at Ole Miss probably realize based on conversations I've had with them. Because some of the things that have been said to me by people around that program is um, everything I've already said, which is he wasn't charged with a crime. 
Um, you know, uh, he, we believe in second chances. Uh, it, you know, it, it, he's already paid a prize. But what they will also say is, listen, we're going to have a bad day or two of public relations. This will be uh, something that's talked about on CBS Sports Radio and ESPN Radio and television for a day or two, and then everybody will move on, and, and we'll have one of the best coaches in the entire country. And I agree that if Ole Miss makes this hire, it will have one of the best coaches in the entire country. Chris Beard is an excellent basketball coach. Uh, but the idea that this is just going to be a one-day or one-week thing just isn't true. You have to decide as an administration, are you comfortable with everything this is going to bring, which means every road game you're going to have students chanting a woman beater or some version of that because there, even though the charges were dropped, there was a violent incident between Chris Beard and his fiance on that night. It did get physical. Law enforcement officials were called. She did tell them, according to the affidavit, that he was choking her. Uh, they observed bite marks and bruises. There is no getting around the fact that something violent happened between these two people, and that is not something student sections are going to ever let you forget about. It's also something that if he does get Ole Miss to a prominent place in the sport, that's when 60 minutes or outside the lines come into play and, and start not just celebrating this, but questioning if it even should be happening. So I, I won't make that decision for Ole Miss's administration. That's something they've got to do, but it is something they should understand. The idea that this is just going to be a one-day bad PR thing, that's not the way it'll go down at all. Yeah, Gary, I guess that's one of the things we always wrestle with. What are the consequences, if any, from a moral perspective, right? Who puts their foot down, to your point? Who comes in and wants to raise this issue again? Not to sound crass as it relates to making domestic violence allegations and a violent incident about success, but but I am curious, to what degree, if any, is it is it less or more difficult or not for Chris Beard to go into a living room and, and recruit kids? It, does it, at that level of athletics, does it matter largely to recruits and their parents what some coach was accused of doing, significantly accused of doing in the past? It, it will matter to some people, and it will matter less to others. Because I've already had conversations in recent weeks with people I consider to be totally reasonable, like not fanatic types of, of humans, who will say things to me like, well, it sounds like everything I've read, Chris Beard got a raw deal down at Texas. Now, let me be clear. I don't believe Chris Beard got a raw deal at Texas. He was at least initially charged with a very serious felony. And again, even though that charge was subsequently dropped, there is no getting around the fact that um, he in some way put his hands on a woman. Now, was the woman the uh, initiator of the confrontation? According to her, yes. And I will take her at her word. But as I've said many times over the past few months, even if my wife, breaks my glasses, which is allegedly what Chris Beard's fiance did to him, and physically confronts me, if I put my hands on my wife, I am going to jail. We should all as men understand that. And the fact that Chris Beard didn't in that moment is undeniably disappointing and, and worthy of, of, of punishment. He has paid a big price. But by the time he's sitting down with recruits again, he will have a story to tell. And if this comes up in the living room, as you put it, he will, he will, I'm certain, express disappointment in himself and incredible regret, but also stress that uh, the circumstances surrounding that are not as clear as maybe an, an arrest affidavit showed back in January. 
So he'll have his version of what happened, and then it'll come down to people's individual choices. Do you believe this is a good man who had one bad night, or do you do you believe this is a bad man who has a problem? Again, that's not for me to say, although I, I can comfortably tell you I had never heard anything like this about Chris Beard before that night. Uh, but ultimately, to answer your question in a long-winded way, I think it will matter to some people, and it won't matter much at all to others. Gary Parrish here on the show. Gary, t- turning our attention to the tournament and selection Sunday, um, for folks who haven't followed as closely and are, are, are nervously, I'm looking at you, Tom, looking at their brackets. I'm just kidding, Tommy. Um, f- number one seeds for you and just some other teams that you think have some momentum and can do some damage maybe beyond where they're going to be seeded. The number one seed for me right now would be Houston, Kansas, Alabama, and UCLA. Now, our bracket expert at CBS Sports would have it Houston, Kansas, Alabama, and Purdue. But I do think any combination of those five schools is is pretty reasonable at this point. And I believe that anybody outside of those five schools is going to have difficulty cracking the one-seed line just because those five seem to be um, somewhat significantly, from a resume perspective, ahead of everybody else. There's a scenario where Texas could win the Big 12 tournament and maybe get there, maybe Marquette win the Big East tournament and get there. But ultimately, I think on Sunday, you're going to see Houston, Kansas, Alabama, and either UCLA or Purdue as your number one seeds. If you're looking for teams outside of that range that could theoretically make a deep run in the NCAA tournament, Keep an eye on Gonzaga. The Zags got off to a rough start to the season relative to the way most of their seasons start, but they are like 23-2 and two in their past 25 games, just smashed St. Mary's in the WCC tournament title game, probably looking like a two or a three seed right now. Not as heralded as recent Zags teams, but this one is good enough to once again go to the Final Four. San Diego State is off of a lot of people's radar because they play in the Mountain West Conference as opposed to the Big Ten or the ACC or the SEC, but that's a team from a predictive metric perspective has been playing like one of the best teams in the country over the past uh, couple of, of months. And then Indiana has been up and down much of the season, but that's still a team that's got an incredible front court player in Trace Jackson Davis and a likely one-and-done guard with size and uh, uh, Jade Hood for uh, uh, Hood Shafino. And that's a team that, that I think when you've got that type of one-two punch, uh, you've got a chance in a single elimination tournament like the one we're going to play here uh, very shortly. Uh, Gary Parrish, last one for you. You're in Memphis. What is the temperature there on all of the revelations and news and frustrations and concerns surrounding John Morant? Mostly um, disappointing and sadness. You know, that city has really embraced Ja the same way Ja has embraced that city. And now it has obviously gone off the the rails uh, quite a bit. Um, You know, I I think stories about Ja enjoying himself away from the court had circulated over the past year. He likes to have a good time. He is out often. But there was also whispers, you know, Memphis isn't the biggest city in the world, that maybe it had gotten a little out of hand um, in recent months. And the, the reporting now from The Athletic, that Stephen Adams, one of the few veterans, even if he's still in his 20s, on the roster, actually called a players-only meeting and addressed the um, lifestyle choices people were making uh, while the team was on the road, uh, suggests that even he recognized they've got a problem with their franchise player. Uh, As for what happened last 
weekend in Denver, I mean, I, I, you, you can't possibly make sense of it. You have to know, I don't care whether you're sober or not, that putting a gun on Instagram Live is going to lead to some sort of a punishment that is unavoidable. And so now here we are. Um, the, the, the thing, if I were talking to John, I would say is that you were 23 years old with a $200 million contract, a Powerade deal, a Nike deal, a beautiful daughter, a franchise that will do anything to help you through this rough patch. Um, everything's still okay. Not perfect, but nothing has been done that can't be undone other than a possible bang on your reputation. But people in Memphis will enthusiastically embrace him again if he shows that he can learn from a series of poor decisions and, and, and actually get the help he says he needs and become a, a, a better person for it. So that's what everybody is rooting for now. We were all young once. We all made dumb decisions once, perhaps not as dumb as some of the decisions he's made recently, but to our own degrees, we've all been in a, a, a place where um, we, we haven't made the best choices. His are on a grand stage, but that's no excuse. It's simply an explanation. He's got to be better, both professionally and personally, or else, um, you know, one day down the road, I'll be talking to you again about how he didn't learn from this mistake. All right, Gary, appreciate you, buddy. Thanks as always, man, for, for making time. You got it. Anytime. I'll see you. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.